My first time was terrifying. My first time was scary. Exciting. Shocking. Traumatic. Sad. Awkward. Weird. Uncomfortable. It's depressing. A relief. I thought I was dying. Meh. <laughs> My first time was horrifying. <laughs> My first time was empowering. My first time. First time. First time. My first time. My name is Janet Mbogwa. I'm a media personality from Kenya, the founder of the award-winning Inuadado Foundation, author of My First Time, which has inspired this podcast about first-time period stories, and I'm a mom of two amazing boys. It's important to me that we continue normalizing and mainstreaming taboo conversations through diverse voices, because when everyone is included, everyone wins. Polycystic ovary syndrome, or PCOS, is a health problem that affects 1 in 10 women of childbearing age. For Anne Kamau, better known as Shiko Wasoxi, she's used her own story and struggles with PCOS to shed light on the issue and to challenge stereotypes for this menstrual disorder that affects so many people and still continues to go misdiagnosed. Here is her story. Shiko, your first time story. I was 13. Uh, my, my mom had traveled. That's all I remember. My mom was not around. I am last born. My first born, the first born is a girl as well, my sister, but we are like nine years apart. So we, we, we never really connected because we are different age groups. So I never had that conversation with my sister as well. So when it happened, it was I was in standard seven. It was our holiday, April. And when it happened first, I thought it looks weird. Because, you know, you always told it would come out like red blood, but it wasn't like red blood, but it was something. And at first I thought, mm, maybe it's not. I was not cramping. I always thought people cramp. I was not cramping. But at the end of the day, it was a bit more than what had come in during the day. So I just went, sorted myself out, went to my mom's room, picked what I needed to pick, sorted myself out, and life went on. I remember my mom felt so disappointed or so you know, like less of a mother, because I informed her in May, the next month when my next cycle was coming. And she was like, you should have told me. I was like, oh, anyway, yeah, it happened, it happened. I'm good. And we continued. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was my first time. How did it make you feel? Did you feel empowered? Did you feel confused? Did you feel, because it sounds like the fact that you were able to go pick up the products, keep it moving and even have an open conversation with your mom, it sounded like you had a fair bit of empowerment. But how did, how did you carry that feeling? I think the empowerment was more from school because it was that era of uh, the pads companies coming to the schools and giving us and telling us what to expect. But I don't know, I, I painted a really big picture about periods. But when it came, I think because I was informed as well, it didn't feel so big, so mountainous. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's why I managed to uh, go through it. But... As the months went on and the period started changing, you know, becoming more heavier, more funny, and no one had prepared me on how many times I need to change the pad, blah, blah, blah. I remember I'd had like a couple of accidents in school mm -hmm. and the boys had laughed. So that used to make me very cautious at around that time of the month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then you moved to that. And how did then the discovery of PCOS mm -hmm. come on board? And even before that, as a precursor, tell us what that stands for and what it means. Okay, so PCOS stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. 
okay, the name, the name doesn't sell what it is really, because it you shouldn't. It's not a must. You have polycystic ovaries. I'll explain that. Mm -hmm. But how I found out is I was a, a really regular uh, lady, chick. So my periods were coming every month, 28 days with no fail. And then when I'm 27, my periods disappeared. So I'm like, okay, maybe diet, maybe weather, maybe uh, the second month, my periods are not showing. And I know clearly I'm not pregnant. So I'm like, okay, so where did these guys go? It's good. I'm not getting my period, but where did you guys go? So the third month, they didn't show up. So I decided, okay, let me just see a doctor and find out what's going on. So I went, saw the doctor, and I remember Aki, that doctor. He told me, you're 27, you don't have a child. I don't have, I was dating my husband then. Yes, you're dating, but you do. You, you haven't formalized, so you're not getting a child anytime soon. And unfortunately, you'll never have a child if you don't get a child now. Wow. And that's how I, I related I related PCOS with I'll never have a child. So yeah, that's how I discovered I have PCOS. But before that, there were so many signs that I never picked up. For example, like a year or two before, I was removing breasts from my boobs. I have never gotten pregnant. You're removing breast milk. Breast milk, okay. sorry. I was removing breast milk from my boobs. I'd never gotten pregnant, nothing. And I remember the guy I saw asked me, Aki doctors, asked me, did you abort? And I'm like, surely, if I aborted, would I have come to you? I'd have gone back to the person who did it, yeah? So I was removing a lot of breast milk. And out of curiosity, I was pressing. So the more you press, the more the brain thinks, ah, we need more, mm. so produces more. Anyway, they gave me medication. Later on, I found out my thyroid was a bit messed because of the hormonal imbalance. So no one dug deeper to see why I was having breast milk coming out of my boobs. I have had very bad acne. I have had a problem losing my weight for very long. As in, I'll just smell food and I'm, yeah. Uh, so there were just small things that to a common person, you wouldn't pick it up very fast. But if I, if I put the pattern, I'd have picked up something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So first of all, the fact that you've described all that, it always makes me realize there's so much that happens in our bodies that goes undiagnosed, unexplained, which in itself, even you talking about the doctors and their questions, I'm like, that's already a gap. Yeah. There's a way that you can present a question or scenario to a to patient appreciate. that doesn't trigger or make somebody feel worse off. Mm. There's just too many disconnects, I think, and disparages between um, diagnosis, empathy, mm. and care, yeah. which I know I've seen a lot of conversations coming up now and a lot of people challenging doctors to say, don't just brush it off, mm. do a deep dive and figure mm. that out. But just the, some of the questions that you were being asked, or so some of the things that you were being told, like, if you don't have a child now, you'll never, you'll have, never one. have one. Yeah, that's, um, that's really blown my mind. So then you found out you have PCOS. Mm -hmm. um, what happened then? I mean, and how is it even tied to the larger menstrual mm. conversation on menstrual health what are, mm. how do you tie those two first i don't think you can talk about menstrual health without talking about the complications that come with it you you have to mention it because unfortunately in school we were told your periods will either come on the 21st day or on the 28th day unfortunately some women will have their periods on the 35th day or on the 40th day 
uh, your periods will be, you know, red. You will be, you know, all these things. And unfortunately, it's, it doesn't go by the book because we are all very different. Even with PCOS, the way I present my PCOS symptoms is not the same way the second woman will present the PCOS symptoms. So I don't think we can talk about menstrual health without mentioning the complications that come with it. So once I found out I have PCOS, I, I'm, I'm the kind that... I have to dig deeper and find what is this? My mom used to say, this is a Mzungu disease. I've never heard about it. <laughs> so I had to dig deeper and find out what is this, what is this thing, surely? Why? What is happening to me? And I remember now I started also looking around for a good guy now. Thank God I found one. And he also taught me how it should be diagnosed. You cannot just do a scan like the first guy now and conclude I have PCOS. So even I had been misdiagnosed mm. the first time because he didn't he didn't go through the three step that's supposed to happen so my second guy now is the one who did a scan so yes my so he went in and saw the assists on both of my ovaries my right is horrible it looks like a crater you know many mm. many many of them he did a blood test because pcs presents with higher androgen levels androgen are the male male hormones so it presents with that, and yes. Androgen is different from testosterone. Okay, I think they are all the same. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, okay, I, they usually say your androgen levels will be higher. Okay. But, okay, I think it's the whole collective the collect male. Oh, okay, got it. But yeah. now the testosterone is another one. Is in there. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So they did the test and my blood uh, presented that. So he put a tick. And then he told me the third one is my, my, my periods. How they are coming? Are they regular? And by regular, it means they are coming every month. It doesn't need to mean they come twenty first of every month. Because mm -hmm. not every woman, actually, I doubt there's a woman in the world who has had their periods coming twenty eight days from when they started their period to date. Mm -hmm. They always fluctuate a bit. So he told me if if you miss your periods four months plus, that's a sign of there's something off. But two three months, maybe you had a bad stress. You have stress. You ate badly. You've mm -hmm. traveled. You've such things, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you had, I mean, this is something that you, as Shiko, have raised a lot of awareness on. A lot of people haven't heard about uh, PCOS. How how predominant is it in, in Kenya, in among African women or wow. around the world? Yeah. Now, unfortunately, in Africa, we are not good with data. We're not good with we data. We're not good with data. Yeah. So I, I, I haven't gotten to that because I'll need a bit of resource to get, mm -hmm. to get the, the real number. But I can tell you in America, it's one in five. In the UK, it's one in ten, so it's a it's very high. And nowadays, I hear women telling me, "Yeah, hey, me naskia ni kama kuna PCOS." I mean, you know, they 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 are meeting more people who have PCOS nowadays. So I I'd also be very interested to see how how many how does it manifest differently from other menstrual disorders that people say are quote unquote common, um, endometriosis. I, I wouldn't go too deep into menstrual disorders. Like you very correctly said, it is its own field. Yeah. But somebody might say, oh, but if you're, if you're skipping or if, if you're having this kind of symptom, mm -hmm. how do you know that it's PCOS? What is it that differentiates it from, from other menstrual disorders? What's the one differentiating factor? Okay, I think the main, main one is the male pattern. Okay. The, what we get... The symptoms we get from the high testosterone mm -hmm. and the high androgen mm -hmm. levels. Because for women with PCOS, you'll find us getting a beard or a mustache, a very defined one. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll find us losing our hair. We'll be balding, mm -hmm. uh, male pattern balding. So we'll have a kipara in the middle of our heads. Like me, I'm losing my hair. Mm -hmm. But... 
well, we'll just shave, put some big loops and move on with life. So mostly that's what we'll present with mm-hmm. PCOS. Because I know PCOS and endo, they are very, they are like cousins. Mm-hmm. Some symptoms, endometriosis, ladies will say, you'll also be like, yeah, even me. Because mm-hmm. even we end up having uh, painful periods. Mm-hmm. So, but not painful such that the cells of the of the uterus are growing anywhere else, but we'll just have painful periods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the beautiful thing about you is that you are vibrant, you are positive. It's definitely not been easy. Mm. Take us through the journey to getting to this place where you mm. say, I'm going to use my voice and my positive energy to raise yes. awareness and to raise hope in mm. a sense. What was what was the journey like? What were some of the darker times like? And how did mm. you move towards this, this version of you that's so positive and forward thinking? Mm. So I think we started talking about our story when I was pregnant with my second born. Uh, and we just said getting our firstborn was not the easiest journey. And uh, I had been diagnosed with infertility because I'd been put through fertility drugs and my body was just not budging. And I ended up even having, okay, though I had the hypertension before, those are now the complications of PCOS. So uh, hypertension checked in and they had to stop the medication. So I remember when we talked about it. By we, you mean? Me and my your husband. husband right? <laughs> <laughs> me and my husband. Yeah. So when we talked about it, so many women came to me in my DMs, the ones who have my number, they were calling and telling me, hey, even me, even me. And I'm like, my God, why are we sitting in silence and we are suffering and we are letting society dictate because I can't have a child. So I'm, I'm less than or my in-laws will see me like they, they'll bring another lady to, you know. So I was like, no, we need to talk about it. Being, inf- being infertile is not a disability. No one, women were not created to have children. You know, we, we, are, we, we, are, we are woman full, you know. Mm. I'm a woman by just being, being a woman. woman. Yeah. yeah, it's not that when I bring a child to, to this earth, now I become a woman. So that's where the conversation started. And I was, it, it, it breaks me up to today because the group has really grown. We filled up our WhatsApp group. We moved to our Telegram. And I, it breaks me when I hear women being chased out of their homes or feeling they can't work in this town because of the beards and all that and obesity. That That is what breaks me. And I'd wish to get a solution to each and every symptom that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But you're doing your bit by at uh, least creating I'm, a platform. I'm really trying. You are. No, you, you really are. And so you would see all these messages on the WhatsApp groups or, or Telegram and it must have filled you with a sense of purpose that allowed you to say, I'm not going to let this define me. Mm. In fact, I'm going to go out there and talk about it and and seek solutions. Mm. Um, what was it like as well for your family? How did you navigate mm. that with family and with friends to get to this other side again where you're advocating? Mm. So now the funniest bit is the only person who knew what I was going through was my mom. No one else. I think I only shared with my mom. Because I felt this woman, because even when I when I was getting breast milk for my boobs, she's the first person I told her. And she was like, that's strange. <laughs> so I shared it with my mom. Thank God my in-laws are very understanding. No one came to ask. No one, you know, <laughs> even those jokes, nothing. My friends, they never knew. They just thought we were waiting it out. We were waiting out to have the children. And then when I talked about it, that's when they're like, oh, my God. Oh, mm. my God. The ones who kept on telling me, una tuweka sana, una munarua two bed sheets. Now they were feeling very, <laughs> very funny because now they realize it was not me. Yeah. It, it's just that we were not getting the child. Yeah. 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 And yeah. now you have two children. Yes. Um, so there's also hope. 
Is it sometimes a case where there's an inability completely to conceive? Does it depend on several factors? So what I've read is very minimal that you will never, ever, ever have children. Unfortunately, we are the women who have our fertility later on in our lives. So recently I read that our menopause happens much later and I was like, oh my God. Uh, you're, like, <laughs> you're like, here's a whole other journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we just have delayed fertility. So they did this uh, research of a group of women, same age, and by 35, all the women, both the, the ones with PCOS and the ones without, had their number of children by 35 to 40. All of them had the number of children. But it's just that the ones without PCOS got their children earlier. Yeah, mm. 30, 28, they had their children. But the PCOS ones, we tend to, to delay a bit. Mm-hmm. So I've never come across someone who never, ever, ever, it will take time, but I, I believe it happens. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything like in the policy or any framework that exists in the country that speaks to PCOS? And if not, um, how do you feel we can get to that step? Wow. I've never come across any. I remember even I, I asked you for the mm. menstrual health oh, yes, policy the when policy, it came yes. out. I haven't come across anything that talks, even just not PCOS, any, dis- any menstrual disorder. Menstrual disorder. Right. Yeah, I haven't come across anything that talks about it. And I think even our gynas, our doctors, they need to push for that. I need to push for that as well, for it to be there so that our daughters don't have this discrimination of sorts when they, they present these symptoms. Mm, yeah. yeah. And even the doctors to be a bit more educated and know, yeah, I don't have a child when I'm 27, but it doesn't mean I'll never have children. Exactly. Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't fully define me. Yeah. What is your call to action for society, for medics, for organizations, for families collectively to, to think through? You've just mentioned it. You need more medics to have information, etc. Mm. But collectively, what do we all need to keep in mind about PCOS when we go out there what's the one thing that we need to keep in mind when we come across somebody who's experiencing it and what's your call to action to people I think empathy empathy is key when you're dealing with someone with PCOS we tend to also suffer from a lot of mental health mainly okay they never know whether it's the hormones or also what is happening around us because I'm obese, you people think I should be thinner and I'm not getting thinner no matter what I do. So we mental health is, is very rampant with people who have PCOS. So empathy is key to society and families. Call to action. Okay, let's talk about men, menstrual, even just menstruation first. Let's make it like a, a normal thing so that even when we come to talk about the disorders and whatever, it's easier. Because if we don't, if I don't tell my son there's something that happens to a woman when they get to this age, he won't look at his wife when the wife is having these issues uh, the same way. Yeah. So let's just talk about first just menstruation. Then now let's introduce the the disorders yeah yeah but thank you thank you for everything you do will you know be able to capture how people can reach you i'm sure sometimes you probably get overwhelmed so i'm hoping you know i'm hoping that you're able to grow and get enough resourcing to kind of scale the advocacy you do because i think it's so necessary Mm -hmm. so thank you thank you for your time your energy your passion and you're just a very positive spirit so I, i i i i thank you for your advocacy and for coming on the podcast thank you for having me thank you Thank you for listening to my First Time Stories podcast, where we're pushing for menstrual justice one story at a time.